Yo, this is Pastor Tito here, and this is The Revolutionary Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, and Happy New Year 2022. It is crazy to be able to say that. But yep, it is another brand new year. We are excited. I'm excited to be able to see the just new things that God is going to just continue to do as we go further and further into pursuing Christ, looking towards Him, and growing in our relationship with Him. And so that's my biggest heart. I'm hoping you guys are having a good start to your new year. If you haven't noticed so far, we got a new beginning, a new format to the podcast. And so I'm excited about the things that God is doing. But you know what? Though there may be some new things going on, we're still looking at the same old thing, God's word and trying to grow deeper into what we know about Jesus. Because at the center of what this is, being the revolutionary podcast, is we are looking to put Christ at the center. The way that the earth revolves around the sun, we wanna make sure that everything in our lives is growing more and more and more to revolving around Christ at the center. Because He is the source of all life. And that, listen, when we do it that way, bro, life just gets better when He is at the center. And so we're doing a brand new series, and I'm gonna do something a little new. If you've been with us for a bit, uh, we do sermon series like most people do. But this year, I really felt led to be able to pause and we're going to marinate in a book for all of 2022. Right? You heard me say it right. We're going to marinate into one book for the entirety of 2022. And that is the book of Acts. And so that's it's a great book to start off because first off, it's a book about new beginnings and it's the new thing that God is doing out in the world. But you know what? It is the same game plan, the same heart that you and I are called to do. Same thing that we're called to apply today. And so we're going to go dive right in and look at the first sermon of 2022. Let's kick things off right because this is going to be the introduction to all that God is going to do through us this next year. Let's go. So this is our first series of the year. So a new year means a new series. And if you're not used to church or if this is your first time in a long time, we like to, pastors like myself, we like to do series from time to time to either focus our attention as a church on something very specific so that over that time, because listen, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. This is, look how depressing maybe for this could be if, if uh, you know, teachers understand this. I know I used to be a teacher for a while where you prep all of this and you as a teacher and pastors, we know that, and some of y'all got to go to school back this week, so I know y'all ain't super excited about maybe your Christmas break is already over. Here. But uh, we prep so much, and teachers and preachers, we know that, listen, there's a lot that we're about to say that we would wish that you would know, but we know that you're going to forget 98% of everything that is said. So that can be a little depressing as I'm prepping, right? So we want to make sure that out of all the things that we would wish you would know, there's a few things that we would make sure you want to walk away from. And so that's what we're doing. So that's what a series is for, to make sure that over the span of time, you took something out of all that was set away. And so we're doing a series called To the Ends of the Earth, and it's a new year, new series, new way of doing it. Guys, I've never done this before. Some of you guys know this, where we are going to do one series for the entire year. So we're actually going to read and study the book of Acts for the entire 2022. And the whole story of Acts is the narrative of the early church. It is what happened 
after the resurrection, after Jesus rose from the dead, then what? Well, we're going to kind of slow cook this book for the whole year. So online, everybody here, hopefully you guys are in with me with the ride, all right? So it's going to be good. Now, New year obviously means new routines, new habits. I don't know if you've already done that. I got my new planner. I'm that kind of guy. All right, I got my planner. I got my goals. I got it broken down by quarter and all this stuff that I got going on. And so I know for some people, we have some new routines that we're setting up online. You can tell me, type in a routine that you're trying to fix. You know, anybody here already have a resolution or two that maybe you're thinking about? Something you want to do, maybe a goal or something that you want to accomplish in this year. So me, I have a couple of categories. I like to have like a faith goal category. Like if, uh, you know, there's something regarding my faith and me growing with God, I want to make sure I do. I have a family one. And so anything regarding my kids and my wife and marriage or, ex uh, you know, outside of that, uh, a fitness one and a fun one. You know, I want to make sure, yo, I want to do something fun this year or I want to incorporate fun in my routine, whatever it is. So I, I got my categories. I don't know about you, but today's not going to be a day about resolutions. Uh, so much about that. Oh, that might be my mic. All right. So we're not talking about uh, so much about resolutions, but specifically one big one. Now, I asked a few of my friends this uh, last week, and I'm going to ask you guys. And uh, online, I want you to think about this, all right? Hang in with me there. What is, if you could, if one thing, let's say one goal, if you could accomplish one goal in 2022, and you know it would make the biggest difference, what would it be? All right? Think, I want you to think about that. It's, I don't know if that's me or not. Can, uh, let me see if there's another mic, just in case. Um, I want you to think about this, guys. If you, I know that, you know, we all have resolutions and goals and little things that we would love to do. And let's be real, not all of them are going to get accomplished, all right? You're going to, some of them, you're going to get started. And in three weeks from now, it's not going to work out so well. I know it. You know, this is the time that you don't want to go to the gym because everybody and their mother is going to be at the gym. Give it three weeks and you're going to see everyone's gone. They're not going to come back anymore, all right? But I want you to think about it. What's one goal that if you accomplished in 2022, it would make the year a successful year? It would make the year a successful year. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, man, if I got this one fitness goal, if I got this one finance goal, oh, my gosh, at the end of the year, woo, it would, 2022 would be a good year if, I, if this one thing happened, if this other thing happened. You got to think about that. Now, today, we're going to look at Acts chapter 1, and we're going to look at one thing. Now, if you're not sure what it is, I'm going to give you something that can impact whatever you already decided, because it's this one thing that made the difference in these people's lives, and it can make that same difference in us. And so, guys, with that, let's open up the book of Acts, and we're going to look at chapter 1. Now, um, if you're here, you guys got some um, personal notes. If you wanted to take some notes that way, if you like the digital form online, I got you. Go to our website, tabernacleofgod.church, and there, there's a tab for notes. So if you go to tabernacleofgod.church, that's the website, and there's a notes tab there. All the verses, everything is on there, so we should be good to go. So let's go ahead, guys, and we're going to read Acts 1, all right? So let's look at the first four verses, one through three, well, first three verses, all right? Starting off, number one, it says this, I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up after he had given instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God. All right, so pause there. So, a couple things. Number one, the I that he's speaking here, guys, his name is Luke. So some of you guys might know his name. There's a whole book that he wrote called The Gospel of Luke. And so Luke was actually someone who wrote two books of the Bible. And Acts and Luke go together. 
All right, so this is the origin story. And so I know, like, I love a good origin story, like whether it's a book or a, or a good movie. I know, like, right now some of our uh, Star Wars uh, fans are loving, kind of looking at some, you know, like the, you had that uh, Boba Fett video, right? That's a new series starting. There's, uh, you know, depending on whatever movies you're, you're into, an origin story is important because it really establishes the foundation of the character of who's what's happening. And so God used Luke, which was not an apostle. He was not an apostle. He wasn't somebody that was there with, you know, John and Peter and all these guys. Luke was somebody that came to faith in Jesus after the resurrection. All right, so where were we? Luke, all right, that's who wrote it. So Luke not only wrote the origin story of Jesus, which is the gospel of Luke, but he now writes the origin story of the church, which is the book of Acts. And so he's writing to this dude. We don't know who Theophilus is. He could be a Roman official, but he's a believer that wants to learn more about God. He wants to learn more about what is happening. What is this man Jesus and what's going on? And so Luke actually in this introduction to the book, he's telling you, he actually documents 30 years of the first church. That's what the book of Acts is. It's literally a documentary of 30 years of what happened. And so already out the gate, we see the sense of the resurrection. He already picks up where he left off in the book of Luke, where Jesus is rose from the dead. But here's the thing, and here's the one point, guys, that I want y'all to take away from today. So if you're taking notes and everybody, make sure to get this, all right? One thing that we already see from Acts is this, that salvation is just the starting point. You got to get this. Salvation is just the starting point. You got to understand this, this key because for a lot of Christians, when we think of salvation, we think, yay, I've arrived, right? This is it. I've, I've believed in Jesus. I, it turned out that, yes, I need some. What I've been looking for is him. I ask him for salvation. He forgives me of my sin. I'm good to go. Well, yes, that's good. But again, salvation is at the finish line. Salvation is the starting point. From there on, there's more to happen. Notice that that's why Luke didn't stop at his gospel. He goes from his gospel into the book of Acts. And so here, this is a big encouragement. So everybody online in church here, I want y'all to grab this. All right. When you get saved, that's you just getting started. When you get all of us as believers, we all need to go from the gospel into Acts. We need to, the gospel should produce acts in us. James talks about this in his book when he says that we as believers, we need to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We, you know, that's the most important part that the gospel has to lead us to act a different way. Something happens to us when we receive the gospel. When we hear of the good news of Jesus, we change our actions, our attitudes, all of that change. Now, it doesn't mean that we graduate from the gospel. Oh, y'all got to pause on me here because there's a lot of, there's some preachers out there, some strand that kind of says, listen, the things about salvation, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, y'all catch that? That's the foundation. From then on, once we grab that, now we elevate and now we graduate into something more, into something bigger, into something deeper. Guys, no. We never leave that foundational gospel. We just dig deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And so we don't leave the cross. We don't leave it and graduate into something more spirit-filled. No, there's nothing more spirit-filled than the gospel of Jesus. We just go deeper into it. And so already at the beginning, I want you to see here this movement that's happening. But it's important, guys, that again, you understand salvation is a starting point. Because if you're a believer, and if you just say, yes, I believe in Jesus, I accepted it, forgiveness of my sins, but it stopped there. If you stopped after salvation, that's like a team. An, any, think of any sports team, your favorite one, or if you have one. 
Imagine a team that they spent all week prepping, all week practicing. They got the jerseys. They got the, they got the strategy, but they never get on the field. They never get on the field. They practice every week and prepare for their opponents, but they never get on the field. That's a Christian who says, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but that's it. And dude does nothing else. Yeah, I got the jersey. I'm, I'm practicing. I go to church. I read the Bible, but it doesn't leave beyond my private side. No, guys, the gospel is meant to act upon us and through us. So there's a movement there that happens. And so let's read the next section here. Let's go to uh, chapter, same one, verse 4, and let's go all the way through 8. So here it says this, while he, being Jesus, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. And so Jesus begins to speak and says, which he said, you have heard me speak about this for a long time. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel during this time? That's the apostles talking to him. And he replies back and says, it is not for you. To know the times or periods that the Father has set for his, by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so there's where that title comes into the ends of the earth. And so that verse, that, the last one that we just read, guys, verse 8. Verse 8 is the key verse of the text. Verse 8 is the key verse of the entire book of Acts, which is seeing that to the ends of the earth. That's what everything is supposed to be about. And so we see three things right there as well. And I want to make sure as believers you understand the power and the purpose of the plan that is all wrapped up in this one little verse. The power, the purpose, and the plan that Jesus talks about. And so this is a meant Salvation is the starting point. So what are we to do beyond this? What are we supposed to do beyond this? Well, here it is. He laid it out. The apostles at first were confused. I don't know if you caught that one weird thing when they said, well, Jesus, are you going to restore Israel during this time? I got to help you on that because they thought that a lot of the people back then thought that the Messiah was going to come and only set up a national. They were going to set Israel up, free Israel from their oppressors so Israel can be a, a superpower and bless the nations. But God was like saying, no, 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 no. Listen, first off, there's things that I'm doing that you don't need to be concerned of, all right? That's almost like a, a parent kind of telling a kid, like saying, listen, mind your business, okay? That's, that, you don't need to know that information. So Jesus isn't rebuking them. He's trying to help them. Like saying, no, 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 your, your focus is wrong. Because notice he said, are you going to restore the kingdom? He says, uh, wait a minute, that's my job is to restore the kingdom. Uh, you have a job too. And verse 8 is that job. He says, you are to establish and go throughout the world, be my witnesses. And so in there, we already have the first one, guys. The, what is the power? How are we supposed to fulfill all that God has told us to do and what power? Guys, not in our own. It is in the Holy Spirit himself. We and I, you and I do not go, even right now, guys, I'm not trying to talk to you basing my understanding or, or basing anything I'm saying, believing that I'm going to change your mind by my wisdom or by my intellect or by anything that I'm trying to manufacture. It is not me. I'm, that's, I have to remind myself that constantly because, listen, I'm just like you. And we are supposed to, everything that we do, we don't do it in our wisdom or in our strength. No, we do it by the Holy Spirit. It is him in us. And so we are not alone. This is good news for us because you and I don't have enough patience or kindness. or God. We are not enough to do that. But the Holy Spirit in us, he can be and makes up the difference. And so we are not called to do this alone. In fact, when you ever start to 
buckle under the pressure, that's a good reminder. I like saying, listen, uh, you're not supposed to do this on your own strength. You got to lean on him, tap in with him on the rest. So there's the power. The other one was what? It was the power. There was the purpose. And our purpose is to be a faithful witness. Guys, let's not complicate things. A lot of us, I want to challenge you here. Again, day one already. I'm talking to Christians for a second. A faithful witness, that is not a, a thing that few of us do. That is not something like myself, who's a professional, you got to say, oh, this is all oh, for the pastor, or for this or for that. That is not something that a few of us do. That is something that all of us are called to do. And being a witness is easy. I don't know if anyone ever had jury duty online. Everyone had jury duty before? Some of you. I don't know if you've ever been asked to be a witness to stand on trial. I don't know if anyone's ever done that neither. Maybe not. Well, I've never done that. But guys, how do you, how are you going to be a witness on a trial? What do witnesses do? All right? What do witnesses do? But what? They tell the story of what they experienced, right? That's what a witness is. A witness stands there and tells everybody, listen, I was there. Here's what I saw. Here's what happened. That's what a witness is. They're supposed to tell the truth. Well, guys, a faithful witness of Jesus does nothing else but says, listen, this is who Jesus is. This is what I experienced in my life. Here's what he has done. Here's how he has shown me. Guys, being a witness is as easy as that. It, that's it. It's sharing God, the experience. It doesn't mean that you have to answer every person's rebuke or every person's question about, well, what about this verse and what about that? And how, you know, can you explain to me, please? Well, listen, you might not know all those answers, but a witness is not there to analyze everything, right? A witness is not expected to be an expert. What is the witness supposed to be? Just tell the truth of what they experienced. That's it. And as a faithful witness, guys, that is your purpose, I know God, God has a specific purpose for your life, but you know, I'm telling you now, if you don't apply this general purpose to that specific one, that specific one is going to be a waste of your time, yo. It's going to be a waste of your time. Everything we're called to do in every job field, in every category of life, you and I are supposed to go in there and be faithful witnesses of what Jesus has done and be a representation of the truth. And the plan, y'all caught it there. He gave, it was, you got to do it where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, everywhere else. Let me just show you what that means. Jerusalem was the city they were in. And that means you're supposed to get started where you are. Whether maybe that's your job or your, your school or your, your, your city, your context. Right now, not someday, right now. You know, Judea was the nation itself. So that's where, in your greater context. Samaria, those were, that's the neighboring nations. Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. There, there was a lot of racial stuff in between them. And so even Jesus says, look, even to the ones that you're not sure, or even the ones where the culture says, no, not them, they're written off. No, them too. You go be a faithful witness, give it to everybody, and then to the ends of the earth, meaning whomever, whenever, however, right now. This is what we are called to do. This is part of what we are called. That is the major act as believers that we're called to do there. And so Jesus is trying to motivate them and help them to see and so I'm not going to read this next one in verse 9, but in verse 9, Jesus here ascends and he goes up to heaven. And he said this was something he was going to do and the Holy Spirit was going to come down and he told them, wait, because this is going to happen. And so it's funny because then the angels, they're just kind of sitting there and I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you and I would just be there and just kind of looking like, is this happening right now? Like it would be kind of like crazy taking all of this in. Could you imagine the, the apostles trying to process all of this stuff? And so two angels come down, if you read it later, and he says, the angels say, uh, pretty much, what are you guys doing? Just standing there. He said he's going to come back. He's going to come back. He gave you an assignment. Get going. 
And so the angels pretty much tell them, yo, stop wasting your time. Get going. So that's what they did. And so now let's look at this preparation. I'm going to just read verses, the last ones, verses 12 and 14. And this one is going to be a key anchor for us uh, kind of, you know, moving on for the rest of the year, but especially for today. Let's look at verse 12. Can we put it up and let's, let's read it together. Then they returned to Jerusalem. They, the apostles that were with Jesus. From the Mount of Olives, which was near Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day journey. That's his text. They're about, a, about a quarter, three quarters of a mile away. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. This was the upper room where Jesus had the, the communion about a month or so prior to that. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. There's two Judases. The other Judas that isn't mentioned, Iscariot, he's the guy who betrayed Jesus. He's not there because at this time he, he committed suicide. And so they were all, key word right here, guys. Look at this verse together, please. They were all continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And so this is what we see right now they're doing. They spend 10 days doing this since Jesus last spoke to them and they ascended. They spent this time. Now, here's this really cool element here because most times what gets excited, what gets people going is Acts chapter 2, which we're going to look at next week. But I need you to understand that the events that happen in Acts 1 is what led to Acts chapter 2. You would not have Acts chapter 2 if you did not have Acts 1. You'll, you'll understand a little bit more in Acts 2 for the Christians. Y'all kind of know this. That's Pentecost. That's, that is when the church was born. That's when the Holy Spirit come down and then there it is. But I want you to know that Acts 2 would have never happened if it wasn't for Acts 1. And here's the little secret sauce. Here's the one thing that I wanted you guys to all anchor down and know. That if there was this one thing that we did in 2022, if we accomplished this goal, it would make a big difference in your life because you wouldn't be the same. And it's what they did here. They continued in prayer. It was their pursuit. They established this. Now, I want you guys to know that the Holy Spirit is not something you can conjure up. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not activated. I know that there's TikTok that was a big trend going on a video. Um, this was a, this was on. Uh, oh my gosh, what was the show? It was Family Feud. All right, I don't know if you like Family Feud or not. I like watching Family Feud. Family Feud was um, there was this lady. She goes to the very end. They do the rapid fire questioning, and right before Steve Harvey says, "All right, you go, no, hold on, wait." Holy Spirit, and she starts going to this Holy Spirit activate song. Holy Spirit activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Y'all need to understand, that's witchcraft. Y'all got to chill. Because we don't activate the Holy Spirit. We don't conjure up the Holy Spirit like that. We don't just warm ourselves. Or we don't got to prep. I know it's funny. I mean, if you, some of y'all probably did a video. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to delete it right now. No, no, no. If you did a video, calm down, okay? Calm down if you did one of those. I, I get it. it. It's funny, though. I love the way people used it. But I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit is not something that you just kind of whip up. He's not something that we just kind of, you know, that's very, um, that's pagan worship when you're just, you know, you're all kind of in the mood and you're, and you're you know, we're trying to hone in and, and, and create. that is not Christian worship. That is not it. And so the Holy Spirit is not activated. The Holy Spirit is invited. See, guys, you and I cannot manufacture revival, awakening. We can't do that on our, but you can position yourself. For that, how do you position yourself for God to move in your life? Look what it's. Look what they did, right here. They, were, they did so much, and y'all missed it. I, I got to break it down in two, three verses. Look at what this church was doing. They were number one, anticipating. They were anticipating. 
They knew Jesus promised something was going to happen. The Holy Spirit was going to come down. And he said, go here, and then this is going to happen. So in faith, they're anticipating in faith God is going to do something. That's a good thing. You know what else they're doing? They're obeying. They t- he said, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay there. Guys, you got to remember, they had just killed Jesus, and his body is missing. And guess who the number one suspects are, according to the culture? The disciples, like there was a rumor being spread out that the disciples came and stole his body. Guys, that was breaking Roman law. I mean, if the disciples are found, they're done. And so Jesus is, let's just, you know, they're doing something amazing here. They are in the epicenter of it all. And Jesus said, stay here. I'm staying right here. I ain't moving. He said, so they're being obedient. This is radical obedience, anticipating. They're praying. Notice that they were continually in prayer. Now, it, didn't, it doesn't mean that they were literally praying 24-7 for 10 days straight, but it, that God was on their mind. He was on their conscience. Like, this wasn't something where they kind of throw something up and move on. No, they were very focused right now and together as a group. They were gathering together, and that, diver- that group was very diverse and equal. Did you catch, catch there was women included? Y- y'all heard? that that was not normal for that kind of a group back then i mean women weren't disciples and so jesus was doing something amazing and so here mary is there and and you have women in the group along with men um jesus's brothers james and jude two of them that wrote letters in the new testament they were there listen your whole you would reevaluate your whole opinion about everything if you had a relative if you saw them murdered and then rose from the dead like if nothing happened to him three days later so even jesus's brother realized yo older brother is not just my brother he is the messiah they began to believe in jesus too and so here they are they're gathering they're anticipating they're praying they're doing this they're reflecting on scripture if you read the rest of 15 through 26 peter stands up and says hey the the ancient scriptures the old testament says that there should be 12 that god will appoint to be on the throne so they're reflecting on the old testament scripture and they're realizing yo we 11 The one that was with us is no longer with us. We need to decide who's going to replace him. And so they kind of do this thing where, like, it's called casting lots. It's like drawing straws. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever done that before. And so, like, in a movie, like, everybody, whoever gets the shortest straw, oh, you're it. That's what they did. And so they they found these two people. They were with us since the beginning. And they casted lots, and the the lots fell on this one man, Matthias. And so they chose him. But here's the thing. Um... By the way, that is not how Christians make decisions, okay? We don't, as decisions, we don't just, you know, I'm just going to roll the dice. Holy Spirit, activate. Okay, we don't do that. We don't do, now, I know they did, but do you guys know what? After this moment, after the Holy Spirit comes down, they no longer make decisions like this. The one and only time that's on record that they did, because now God helps them to make decisions better. So I just had to say that before some of y'all start coming up with some weird nonsense and then blaming me. I'm like saying, this is what they did. So I don't know. I read the Bible. And I said, guys, come on up. Okay. So they go. but, But here's the thing, though. Even though they were guessing, they were making prayerful decisions. Like saying, God, we don't know who to choose, so... We pray that you help us to, you know, be the right one. And so look at all that they're doing in these 10 days, anticipating, obeying, praying, gathering, reflecting on scripture, making prayerful decisions, recognizing the centrality of the resurrection. Guys, if you looked at that, that's a, that sounds like a really successful and healthy church, doesn't it? That sounds like a good church. I mean, right there, any one of us, any, any pastor would be like, I would love it if my church checked off every one of those boxes. But you know what's cool? The apostles didn't feel like, you know, guys, know what? It's been about nine days since Jesus said he told us to wait for somebody. 
But you know what? Nine days in, you know, we're doing pretty good. Like, we're doing pretty good without him. And do you really think we need the Holy Spirit? Because, uh, no. I mean, that thought never entered their minds. Even though they were doing amazing things, that thought never entered their minds because they knew Jesus said, we need this, we need the Holy Spirit. And so, oh, yeah, we're leaning in. We ain't going anywhere else without it. And, guys, I need you to understand. I know that there's Christians. I've done this, too. When we look at, yo, you know what? I'm not stupid. I'm a smart guy. I'm pretty capable. I don't need God. I could do certain things on my own. I got this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better with my temptations. I'm getting better with reading the Bible. I'm getting better with this. I don't need him. I can trust him out. We do this too. But we need to be just like these apostles and say, no, we're not going to settle for good. We want to settle for what's best. And guys, listen, the enemy of the best is always good. And we need, it doesn't matter. See, all of this action, all of this participation, everything that they're doing here would not have produced all that we're going to look at in the book of Acts. In their best behavior, though they were crushing it, none of that would have done and produced what we're about to see over the next couple of months. It was only by the Holy Spirit himself. And so we need to remember that. And so as we're looking, guys, at this, let me just kind of wrap things up. Because the one important thing, though, as we're looking at everything, as we're looking at the scriptures, as we're looking at this, is this one basic fact. And here, here's the bottom line for today. The fact is that Jesus' followers act. And this is my challenge to you. The fact is, guys, that Jesus' followers act. God, does, God expects us to act. He, does not exp- he doesn't want us to sit on the sideline. He expects us to act. He expects us to obey. Look, look what he did. He expected the apostles to obey and the disciples and wait for the Holy Spirit. And he, that was an action, was obedience. He expected them to be faithful witnesses. He expected them to be obedient. He expected them to pray continually. He expected these things. And the truth, guys, is that it's important. You guys have to understand. This is my, my challenge and motivation for you. I'm like saying salvation is not, the, it's not the finish line. It's just a starting point. Because the fact is that Jesus' followers act. God invites us by the Holy Spirit to be change agents in this world. Not to be the ones to do it, but to come alongside of him and, and be instruments in his hand. But the fact is, guys, that we need to act. Again, remember, Acts 2 would not have happened if it wasn't for Acts 1. And that's my challenge for us today. What were they doing? They were continuing in all of these things. Continuing in prayer. Continuing in scripture. Continuing in gathering. And so my challenge for you guys is to have that God rhythm. What is your God rhythm? For some of you, you know, there's a few weekly and daily habits that we need to continue in. I mean, there is a reason why, guys, that we gather, why we, as a church, we gather at least weekly. Because it is a simple, simple habit that I'm telling you, I've done this too. I know. Listen, I know you've done it too. When we, when we get out of just the simple habit of meeting weekly, you're going to notice something happens. You, you, you don't even focus on God daily. When you, when you don't meet weekly, you actually start slipping on the daily. But anybody else can testify to that and testify to the opposite? When you, week, when you meet weekly with other believers, whether in this context or in another, you tend to do things daily as well. Don't you, you see that correlation? It's an important one. And so, guys, but what matters is if we want to see God do something in us and through us this year, if we want to make sure that needs to happen, we need to continue and so my challenge to you is that if you've been inconsistent with reading your Bible and spending time with God, then pick, all right, forget yesterday, start today, 
and continue in that. If you've been erratic with your weekends, that's fine. Continue, move it, repent of that, turn from that, and continue in that. Continue to gather together. Continue to make that. that those are actions that when we do, God does. And the most important thing, guys, is that even though the book of Acts kind of talks about the acts of the apostles, I love the way theologians really describe that name should be changed. Because everything that you're seeing right now and everything we're about to see is not God acting. I'm sorry, it's not people acting. It's God. The book of Acts is the book of the acts of God through the disciples. And that's what happens, guys. You and I, we need to react to the thing and what God has done. The only reason why you and I can take action is because of the actions that Jesus took on the cross. The only reason why we can continue in prayer is because he hung on that cross and he went all the way through to the very end. That's why you and I can continue and to do anything. It's because of what he has done. And all of our actions should be, guys, a response to his. It should be a response to his and all in line with what he has called us to do. So this is why some of you guys know this. And so what do we call online? I need you to type it. And if you, have, if you know it here, say it out loud. We like to call our volunteers and our church members a three-letter acronym. What is it? There you go. Some people know it. Let's see online if you typed it. It's the fam. And so our, we exist here as a church. We believe that we exist to invite those who are far from God into the family of God. And so we call our church members and our volunteers members of the fam, La Familia, Forever Familia. And so fam is an acronym that uh, my, my wife came up, and I love it. She's, it's three things. It's faith, action, and mission. We want to be people who live by faith in God, who rely on God, not on anything else, but on faith in Christ, faith in the scriptures. But we also want to be people who faith leads into action. Again, the gospel leads into acts. And so faith leads to action. And that action is all tied to what? One mission. And what's that mission? It's to be a reflection of Jesus. Guys, because listen, in the end, in the end, it doesn't matter if you got whatever accolades or accomplishments. In the end, what matters is, is did you live and reflect Christ? That's what matters. It, did we reflect Christ in others? Did God use us to shine his light through the cracks of our soul? That is what matters. That is the mark of a successful life. It's right there. Not according to the worldly standards, but God's. And this invitation is for all of you. And so, guys, I want to challenge you. Listen, as we make that, you know, I said the fact is that Jesus followers act. And it first starts personally. And it begins by us choosing and recognizing our great need for God. It's recognizing right there that we need. That is the number one act of every Jesus follower. The number one act of every Jesus follower is you recognize that there is something missing inside. And you realize and you put that trust and believe. First off, the act happens in the heart when you believe that Christ is Lord, that he is real, he is God, and he died on the cross for you, and you confess with your mouth. Those actions are what then spur on everything else. That's what spurs on everything else. And I know some of us are so tired. I know you, you know this, you've been there, or you are this, where you're so tired of just doing and doing and doing, and it's never enough. And you're just exhausted. There's some believers who are, listen, you're, you're tired because you're doing so much in your own strength. You're not leaning on the wisdom of God. You're not leaning on your own strength. You're, le I mean, you're not leaning on his. You're leaning on your own, and it's not enough. And others that are just constantly, they're, they're all busy. And y'all doing so much, and some of you can, I, I was this person, so let me warn some of you guys. I, one of the ways that I like to cope, or have coped and still have the tendencies to, when I'm stressed 
or when I don't want to confront something. I don't know. Some of y'all like conflict. I know y'all. Some of y'all like, you guys, you, you, you're, you're, oh, you just love it. You know, some of y'all love to engage people. Some of y'all don't. I'm like that guy. One of the ways that I tend to cope with distractions and one of the ways that I cope with stress or cope with confrontation is just to be busy. And so I'll just remain busy and not think about it. I'll remain busy and distracted and I'll feel better that, oh, I'm getting something done even though it should be over there, but I don't want to deal with that right now. I feel, that's one of my things. And so, guys, let me warn you, if some of you, listen, you don't want to go that far. You don't want to pause long enough to see the massive hole in your heart. And that's why you just keep yourself busy and busy and busy. I need you to know that that's never, you're never going to fix that if that's the case. It's never going to be enough. And so you got to recognize and realize that's the most important thing. The most important act that we do is we turn to Christ. And for the rest of us, again, maybe if if you're a believer now, let's let's think back at this last year. How well are you at the action part? God, you know, how well are we at the action part? Let's be real. Some people still haven't recovered from 2020 when COVID really disrupted everything. And and some of y'all haven't, you know been going to churches often you haven't been gathering together you haven't been reading your bible and so listen all right you know what jesus followers do we act you know what we don't do make excuses and so that's the most important thing it's like let's let's make less excuses and say all right it is what it is and and we're moving on beyond that and so that is what matters most is that right now in this moment jesus died for every single one of our sins every single one of our failures and imperfections lay that at the foot of the cross and give him yesterday and walk and move today whatever that was you move today That is the most important thing is we do that privately, personally. We do this privately like I want to challenge you guys to do. Meeting and gathering with God in his scriptures. Continue in prayer. Don't just wait for Sunday to get connected back with God. No, man, just get every single moment. If it's in the mornings, in the afternoons, at night, throughout whatever, continue in scripture. Continue in prayer. Because when we hang on to him, Jesus said, you abide in me and I abide in you. And I'm going to do a work in you. That is the only way you can produce fruit. By you holding on. continuing persevering guys I'm telling you that that's how God uses some people more than others it's not that some people are more special is that some people press in longer and others quit too early that's it it's just some are more consistent than others that's all it is but with that all I want you to just take a minute and just looking back as we're reflecting on all of this there's one other verse that um, I'm going to read to you it's not on the screen so don't worry about putting it up I want to read one quick verse to you as we wrap up as we're looking at our actions, because here's the warning now. Because I can talk about a sermon like this and tell you and, and give you a lot of things to do, and you'd be very motivated. You'd be like, all right, yes, that's it. So tomorrow, I'm going to start a new prayer app. Tomorrow, I'm going to start a reading app. Tomorrow, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., and I'm going to do this for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to do that for another 30. You guys are probably getting all juiced and hyped up right now. But here's the thing. I, I don't want you to run out of here thinking the problem is you, and you need to try better. The problem is you and you need to try harder. No, there's something more than that. Like the motivation behind it all is this. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 14 and 15. Look what Paul, which we're going to talk about really soon in a couple weeks. Look what Paul says. For the love of Christ compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, listen to this, if one died for all then all died and he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves 
but for the one who died for them and was raised. See, why, when we walk out of here, why should, what should your motivation be behind the actions? Before you do anything, all that we do should always be response and rooted, listen, in what Jesus has done. And what did Jesus do for us? What did he do for you? This is something so cliche that it scares me, the fact that even I say this too much, and I feel like I'm, I can lose sight of this if you're not careful. And if that's me, I wonder with you. Jesus died on the cross. Some of you have heard that for so long that it, it doesn't even affect you anymore. And that should bother you. Because every single day, we should be, when we wake up, we should be grateful for the fact that Jesus on the cross took the full wrath of our punishment that we deserve, that we should have, and he could not, we could not have survived, yet he did. When he was on the cross, he took every wave of the wrath of God upon not just my sins, but yours and all of the world. He took it all upon himself, and he emptied himself, all of those things, because he would be the only one. He said, if I don't do this, and there is no other hope, and he willingly, lovingly, not begrudgingly, gave his life so that you could have. One died for all, and so it's like, it's like we all did. It's like we all experienced that. Jesus suffered temporarily the full wrath of God, so you and I would not have to experience an inkling of that for all of eternity. Guys, can you catch that? That's what he did for us. He died so that we could live because beyond that, there would be no hope. And so Paul says, what's the one thing that motivates me? What's the one thing that, that makes me to continue in all that I do? I guarantee you the apostles that we just read, if you ask them, yo, it's been 10 days. Why are you still gathering? Why are you still doing? Why are you still? You know, they would have said the same thing. It was the love of Jesus. His love towards us is why we pray. The fact that he loves us. And notice, guys, what Paul says. This is where we get it so crazy. We focus so much on the love for Christ. My love for Christ is not enough. My love for Christ is not perfect. I should love him better, and I'm not good at that. Listen, you know that's not what Paul said? If you can read it again. He didn't say the love for Christ. You know what he said? The love of Christ. It is the love of Christ that has captured us. It is the love of Christ that moves on us. It is the love of Christ that has impacted us. And it is the love of Christ that when it does that to us, it, that's our response. And so if I asked you or if somebody asked you, why do you pray? Why do you do this? Why do you believe? Here's how to be a faithful witness, guys. Because Jesus loves me. And how do you know he did? How do you know he loves you? Because he died on the cross for me. And when I asked him to forgive me of my sins, he didn't say no. He said yes. He said yes. That is why they continued on. And that's why you and I should continue on every single day. No matter what happens. Guys, I don't know what 2022 is going to look like. There's going to be a lot of good things that are going to happen to you and a lot of things that are not. But you know what? In the end, you know, what's, you know what anchors our soul? Is the fact that we know that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. No mandate can separate us from the love of Christ. No government or politician can separate us from the love of Christ. No, tra no trauma, no danger, no mistake, no sin. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That is our anchor. That is what we continue in. And if we hold on to Jesus and continue to lean in on that love more and more, we will never be the same. 
And because of that, others will never be the same. And so guys, again, the, I want to challenge you is this. Jesus followers, what do they do? The fact is that what? Jesus followers, they act. And why do we act? Because Jesus died for a lost world. And so let us, like Paul said and like these guys do, and we're going to watch. Since Christ died for a lost world, let us live to bring that world to Christ. If all you did in 2022 was recognize your need for a savior and surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm telling you right now, that's nothing else this year is going to top that. You have done the most important act that all people should do. And it is react to what Jesus did on the cross and through the grave so long ago. And he did it for us. He did it for you. And if after that, if you have chosen to follow Jesus, the next best thing to do is to continue to follow him, to continue to pursue him. And so I want to challenge you right now, forget what last year was. If last year wasn't a good year for you spiritually, if it wasn't a good year for you personally, it is what it is. Bury it. Leave it alone. And I want you now to starting today, let us commit, let us commit to do what the apostles did in Acts 1 verse 14, where they continued, they were united in prayer. They continued in prayer. And why did they do all those things? They continued all that activity. Why? Because they did it because of Jesus. It was all done out of love for Christ. They waited out of love for Christ. They gathered out of love for Christ. They prayed out of love for Christ. They reflected on scriptures out of love for Christ. And they were willing to lay down their lives, which they did out of love for Christ. Listen, there's a lot of goals and a lot of things that I know you want to achieve this year. But if you prioritized the love of Jesus for you, if you just lingered longer into that, if you spent more time personally, privately, and corporately pursuing Christ, it will not only make you different, but because of that, God will make a difference in your life. And that's why we call this the Revolutionary Podcast, is to make and develop disciples and difference makers people who are agents of change in the world for the kingdom of God, not for any others, but for the kingdom of God, for his glory and for the good of others. And there's nothing better than Christ. So join me and I challenge you. Let us continue and press on and look into the loving eyes of Jesus more and more and more every single day.